This morning I want to share with you on the subject rooted in love. A couple of weeks ago, uh, during my message, when we were talking about the importance of being strong uh, through the difficult times that we've been experiencing, um, we looked at the words of a hymn which says, we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll, fastened to the rock that cannot move, grounded, firm, and deep in the Savior's love. Um, and it's that line, grounded, firm, and deep in the Savior's uh, love, which has been on my mind since then, and which has uh, led me to want to share on this subject this morning of rooted in love. So we're going to look at our text for today. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. And uh, we'll read from the uh, <clears throat> New Living Translation. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, says this, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, that is God's unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. So I want to explore that thought this morning. Uh, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love or rooted and grounded in love. Now when speaking about love in the Bible, it is always good to first remind ourselves of how the Bible speaks about love. In the Bible, love is defined in three ways. The Bible in the original languages used three different words which are all translated by the word love in our English Bibles. So we must be careful how we interpret any verse which includes in English the word love. The Bible makes a distinction between the three. We have a problem talking about love because in English the same word is used for all three. And this causes confusion. That is why when people in the world, especially in the media and entertainment world, talk about love, remember the Beatles? All you need is love. Well, they're not talking about the love God intends us to have. The Bible talks about eros love. That is a love that is lust or sexual love. And in its proper context, especially in the context of marriage, there is nothing wrong with it. One of the most beautiful expressions of that is to be found in the book of Sol Songs of Solomon. And then there's filial love, e.g. that is just the love that is between a friend. But then there is agape love. And that is a kind of love that is manifested by God. 
It's a love of choice. It's a love that is not reciprocal based. It is a love that is given freely and unconditionally. It is a selfless love. And kingdom love is agape love. It is God's love. It flows from the essence of who God is. The word of God tells us that God is love. I want to expand a little first on what is God's love. Uh, someone has says it is his unconditionally, it is his unconditionally commitment to our well-being. God's love. Okay, and um, there's a verse which is <coughs> which I want, I want to put up. It's it's in from Romans chapter eight, and it says this: Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean? He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Amen? The chapter goes on to say this, and it's not going to be shown on this slide. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, life can't, the angels can't, and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell cannot keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. The message says this, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, hunger, homelessness, threats, backstabbing, and even the worst sins listed in Scripture, none of them, none of these, the message translation says, none of these things phase us because Jesus, because God loves us. Amen? See, God is the source of all love. That is what the Bible says. And when the Bible says that God is love, it means that love permeates every aspect of his being. His whole nature is, is and flows out of love. See, we, in our humanity, in our humanity, when we try to manifest what we consider to be love, uh, there are times when uh, we violate maybe th uh, certain uh, standards of honesty, of righteousness, and morality simply to please others. But see, God never compromises his integrity. His love does not suppress or negate any of his other attributes. Put it this way. In God's dealing with you and with me, God never extends love at the expense 
of his holiness. We've been singing this morning about God's holy. He is holy. Amen? And see, God never extends his love at the expense of his holiness. That is why Jesus had to die on the cross. God is holy. He alone is able to show love without compromising his holiness. God's love is unconditional. It is not based on how good you are or what you do to please him. He loves you because he is God and you are his creation. God's love, the word of God tells us, never fails. God's love never fails. The psalmist says this, the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. The steadfast love, amen? It never changes. Lamentation says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. We, we sing a song uh, uh, with these words uh, sometimes. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. There are some other Psalms which, uh, 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 which we, we can quote and which we're not going to show on, on the overheads. But it says that, uh, in Psalm 89, the psalmist says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. For with my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're coming back to that thought about God's love permeating through every aspect of his being. The psalmist says this, He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Amen? See, God is able to meet you and me in our needs in a way where his justice and his righteousness and his love are not compromised. Amen? God's love will not be terminated because of disappointment or a change of heart. He, de he himself defines love. In fact, God generates love because who he is. And he demonstrated, and God <laughs> alone demonstrates what true love looks like. John, in his epistle, explains this. He says, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See, Jesus gave his life on your behalf. He could not have sacrificed any more. God's love for you and for me this morning is supreme. Amen? And nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. You see, God, even in his love, God still corrects us. Amen? Um, and his plans for us flow out of the fact that he loves us. God loves and keeps us. Amen? God loves his people even when they are faithless sometimes. And to, and to love enemies, our enemies, and the wicked is to be 
like God. So, I, so to continue, I want to look at our subject this morning from two perspectives, rooted in love. First, to be rooted, anchored, or secured in God's love. You know, in our natural relationships, especially in marriage relationships, our, our personal security is dependent on our confidence in the love of our partner. Without that confidence that my wife or my husband loves me, it makes me unsecure. And in our relationship with God, our security in God comes from an unshakable confidence in the fact that God loves me. I want to look at that uh, as one aspect of the subject we're considering this morning. And secondly, uh, the way we live our lives must be rooted and grounded in God's love. We have to be immersed in and to live a life that manifests the love of God in everything that we are and do. So we're going to look at it. And first then, to be rooted and anchored or secure in God's love. I think it's probably uh, exemplified in the words of the psalm when the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And the apostle Paul, <coughs> John in his appeal says, God is love. You see, that tells me that from a biblical perspective, God and love are synonymous. And that means that to explore God is to explore what love is. And to explore what love is, is to explore God. <laughs> the whole aim of the Bible is to reveal to us, to you and to me, the, <laughs> the magnitude of God's love for mankind. And to elicit from us then, in response, a love uh, response to God's love for us. And see, the greater our revelation of God's love, the greater will be our faith in God. See, when I have an unshakable confidence in the fact that God loves me no matter what, when I have an unshakable confidence in the fact that God loves me no matter what, the greater will be my trust in him, no matter what I may be going through. In fact, I want to suggest to you this morning that faith comes really from a revelation of God's love rather than the other way around. And I think that that is actually the product of John chapter 3, verse 16. I read it or heard it shared. Let me just go back. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I read it or heard it, shared, and the reality of it, that is, the message that God so loved the world triggered a faith response in my heart, and I called upon his name for salvation and was saved. Faith for salvation is triggered by the fact that 
God reveals his love to me in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your need is, no matter whether you may feel or sense it right now, God loves you. God loves me. Amen? Now, I want to encourage you this morning to let that truth be your release this morning from worry or anxiety. Ask God to make this a reality by the power of the Holy Spirit. And from that place, step out in faith this morning, believing God for the answer to whatever your need is. Because no matter what, God loves you. God loves you. Amen? Do you know that this morning? Not theologically. Not based on head knowledge. Not based on theory. But based on a revelation of the love of God by the Holy Spirit. Deep down in your heart and in your soul. Jesus loves me. Can you say that this morning? Jesus loves me. I know. You know, uh, sometimes it's uh, uh, simple uh, things uh, can express it. Remember, the, you know, we taught uh, maybe uh, when I was a child, or I don't know if it's done now, but you know that song, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Amen. We're all weak. We're all weak. But praise God this morning. God loves me. Jesus loves me. I may be weak, but he is strong. Praise is wonderful. And that's my security. That, I believe, this morning is what it is to be rooted and grounded in the Savior's love. It is upon the fact of who God is, upon the fact that God is love, and that every interaction he has with us flows from the fact that he loves us. Amen? That is the basis of God's relationship with mankind. That is the basis of God's relationship with you and with me. That is what makes his promises trustworthy. Amen? You may say, well, I, you know, I'm depending on the promises of God. The Bible tells us the promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. But it is more than just saying, I believe. It's more than just conjuring up a belief through positive thinking. It is knowing that he is faithful and trustworthy. It is having a revelation born of the Holy Spirit of who God is. And the greatest thing to know about God is that he loves us. Praise his name. See, in, in, in life in, in general, isn't it? Every promise is based on the integrity and the power of the one who makes the promise. Every promise is based on the integrity and power of the one who makes the promises. The promises of God are the product of and flow out of his love for us. Amen? God's love is pure and undefiled. And his promises, therefore, are founded on the integrity of his nature, but they then made a reality in response to our faith by his power. He has integrity and he has power, and his promises are yes and amen to those who believe. 
Amen? Hallelujah. And so just briefly looking back at Ephesians chapter 3, again, uh, to close out that aspect of what I wanted to share with you this morning. Um, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength. God wants us to have inner strength this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, wa he wants that our roots will grow down deep into love, uh, God's love, and keep you strong. Roots, roots provide nourishment, but they also provide strength uh, to, uh, to, 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 to the plant. And this morning, we, as we become rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ, we too receive spiritual nourishment. But not only will we receive spiritual nourishment, but we will be made strong. Amen? We will have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And finally, may you experience the love of Christ. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May you experience the love of Christ. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen? Thank God for the security that I have in life because God loves me. Amen? Not just because he said he's going to do this or do that, but behind it all, behind all his promises, behind everything that he declares over us is the fact that he loves you. It's his love which is the motivating and driving force behind every promise that he's made to you and to me in life. Amen? Amen. So secondly then, uh, coming to the second aspect of what I want to share with you this morning, the way we live our lives must be rooted and grounded in God's love. We are to be immersed in and to live a life that manifests the love of God in everything that we do. In response to God's love for us, we in turn are to love God wholeheartedly. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, 40, uh, in response to a question from the, the, those around him, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Amen. See, God in his sovereignty has created us to find our greatest joy and fulfillment in loving him. God also enables us to be channels of that supernatural love that he bestows upon us. Amen. On our own, in our humanity, we are incapable of loving as we should, in other words, the way God but, uh, intends for us. But God has for us an ending, an unending supply of his divine love. Praise God. And it is for you and for me this morning to claim it. It's for you and me this morning to enjoy it and to sh not only to claim it and enjoy it for ourselves, but to share it with others. That's God's purpose. The second is like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's a much more broader uh, uh, subject than just 
our, our neighbor. It's about living out in life, okay, the love that God has bestowed upon us in every way. You see, so many people are searching for their calling and destiny in life. The Bible makes it clear that the calling of every believer is to love just like Jesus loved. That's a good start, isn't it? It's a good place to start when you think, well, what is my calling? What is my uh, uh, mission? What, am I, what, what, what uh, is, is my purpose in life? Well, let's start by loving just like Jesus loved. <laughs> Amen? Uh, it is the highest calling in life. However, the love Jesus taught about is not just focused on maybe our emotions. It is a love that is worked out in obedience and in devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. See, God is calling us to our destiny to live in relationship, in an intimate relationship with God. And to know the depth and delight of being loved by Jesus and of loving others just like he did. And when we choose to love him fully with all that we are and all that we have, it enables us to live faithful lives, faithful lives. We are to love God with all of our heart. Love God with all of our heart. Now, the, the heart in the Bible speaks... Uh, primarily about the, the, the seat of our emotions. We express our love to God by resisting emotions that are contrary to his will. The Bible says we are to guard our hearts. For out of the heart proceeds, the Bible says, the issues of life. And so we guard our hearts by refusing to allow our emotions or our feelings to be inappropriately, inappropriately connected to anything that takes our attention, our, our, our worship away from God. Whether it's money, whether it's positions of honor, whether it's wrong relationships, or whether it's sinful addictions, or other things like bitterness or offense and so forth, we guard our hearts by refusing to allow our feelings to be connected to these things. We are, secondly, we are to love God with all of our soul. Our soul. The Bible, when the Bible talks about the soul, it, it talks about the essence of who we are, who we identify ourselves to be. What shall it profit a man? Bible says, what shall he profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? To love God with all of our soul is to see our identity in God, not in the things of this world. To love God with all of our soul means that we base our base our identity on our relationship with God instead of on maybe our accomplishments or the recognition we receive from other people. 
Now, our success is to be defined as being those who are loved and chosen by God. Isn't that wonderful? To know that I'm loved and I'm chosen by God. But in response to that, I love God and, uh, with all of my heart and with all of my soul. Amen? And, and, and that is where I, I gain my sense of personal worth. See, we are anchored in the truth of the word. The, the word is the basis of our success and worth rather than maybe our accomplishments or the recognition or the possessions we gain in, in, in this world. Thirdly, we're to, love, uh, we're to love God with all of our mind. <laughs> Much of our life occurs in the mind. And what goes on in our mind can greatly affect our capacity to love, even in the natural, but especially in our capacity to love God. It's important that we fill our mind with Scripture. It's important that we fill our, our, our thoughts with those things that inspire our love for God. And as we do that, our capacity to love the Lord Jesus Christ increases. If we fill our mind with wrong th things, our capacity to love the Lord is diminished. Fourthly, we have to love God with all of our strength. Everybody has a measure of strength. We can under that uh, heading, we can maybe uh, uh, include our, our giftings, our abilities. We have strengths that we can contribute maybe in, in society. All our strengths. But the Word of God says we are to love God with all of our strength. The focus of our strengths, the focus of our abilities, the focus of our giftings are to be focused upon loving God. Amen. We are to love God with our natural resources. We acquire resources in life. Our time, our money, our energy, our influence. And we are to use that strength, amen, to honor God. We express our love for God in the way we use our resources to help others. Instead of using them maybe to increase our personal uh, comfort and honor, whether it's in, the, in, in our family, in our ministry, in daily minds, it is still possible to grow in love for Jesus in every area of our life through God's strength. Amen? And it is in this place of loving God that we come into the reality of living. Amen? There's an old song that sometimes comes to mind. It says, I found a new way of living. Amen? As believers this morning, as Christians, we found a new way of living, a living that's not uh, 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 governed by the, the values uh, that we find in society around and about us, but we found a way. It's not a new way in a sense, but it is the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Amen? Hallelujah. It, so by loving God, we come into the reality of what it means to live, that what Jesus declared, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen? Hallelujah. And so as we obey and encounter God's love for us, 
And in loving God and being loved by him, we find our greatest calling, even our greatest destiny. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe I've just got my notes a little bit mixed up here. There's a thought here. God never asks us to do anything without giving us the ability to do it. God never asks us to do anything. In Romans chapter 5, it says, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so we must love others, not by our standards, but by his. Where best to find what means practical then to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read it from the uh, English Standard Version. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understanding, all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, I want to repeat some of those verses, but from the, uh, the message translation. Now, one of the things we find as we go through these things is that um, many of the things that we find uh, in the scripture are counterintuitive to the ways of the world around and about us. And that is the challenge. That is the challenge. Um, Verse 4 in the message says, Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Counterintuitive. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. <laughs> Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. <laughs> okay. Boy, that's not what we're taught to do these days. You, you, you are number one. You go, you can... And you promote yourself and you excel yourself. Okay. Verse 5, doesn't force itself on others. 
isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Wow. It's a challenge, isn't it? To live and to love just like Jesus loved. Because these are the, these are the standards. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Amen? Praise God for that this morning. Hallelujah. Love never ends. Everything we do, whether it's our praying, our studying, our soul winning, whatever it is, our worship, our preaching, our teaching, our parenting, serving others, must always flow out of our love for God, our love for God. He is the source. He is the motivation. He is the foundation. Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, we read this. The purpose of my instruction, Paul writing uh, to Timothy, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Amen. Hallelujah. That all believers would be filled with love. Basically, the rest of the verse talks about motivation. What is really the motivation for what we're doing? We don't just uh, put on an outward show of love. It, it's a manifestation of love, which is a reflection of what's in our heart and which flows from uh, the love that God is putting in our hearts. Amen. And it says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We must always remember again, as we started at the, at the beginning of my message this morning, we're talking about God's love. We're talking about agape love. We're not talking about these other forms of love that the world confuses with uh, uh, the, the word love. 1 John chapter 14 and 16 says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. And that's what we, we talked about earlier, about the, the security. We know how much God loves us, and therefore we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who lo live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Praise God for that this morning. Amen? Thank God for what he has done for us and the love he has shown us. He has manifested his love for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we come to bring this time of fellowship in the word to a close this morning, uh, let's stop for a moment and consider where we stand regarding these two issues. Ask yourself this morning, do I have an unshakable confidence in God's love? Do I have an unshakable confidence in God's love for me? An unshakable confidence that governs how I see God keeping his promises to me. 
and that gives me security. If you, don't ha if you can't say that you have that this morning, take time right now to ask the Lord to make his steadfast love a reality in your life. Ask God to do that right now. Bow your head in prayer, wherever you may be. God, I want to know the reality of your steadfast love to me. I want to have confidence in your promises because you have revealed your love to me. Secondly, ask the Lord to help you live for him with a heart of sacrificial love. Ask him to show you anything in which this can be made more evident in your life. Go from this time forward. We ask these things, Lord, in your name and for your glory. Amen. Lord bless you. Amen.